You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our associate pastor, Brent Hand, with this week's message. Come sail away. It's a call to adventure, okay? That's what it is, right? It's, 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 it's not just a great rock anthem, okay? It's a call to adventure. Uh, you ever heard of Joseph Campbell? Anybody know who Joseph Campbell is? Uh, the, the hero's journey. Has anybody heard of that? Okay, probably. Okay. okay. <laughs> He's a philosopher, and he, he came up with this. He was looking at different stories that have been told uh, throughout human history. And he began to see a pattern. There was a pattern that, was, that all the stories we tell kind of have the same pattern, have the same, same general story. And, uh, you know, some people look at that and they say, say, oh, well, that's just because we're boring and we're, you know, we're not very original, not very creative. But maybe it's because that deep inside of us, there is a longing. There is something that there is a story that is dying to get out of all of us. There's a story that we're all dying to live out. And Joseph Campbell, one of the things he saw, the very first thing, if you want to look it up later, look, look at it. I think it's really interesting to see how, the sto- how stories kind of line up like that. But the very first thing he always he drew attention to is that there was always, it began with the call to adventure. That the that the, 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 all the great stories that we know throughout, throughout our lives have, have start off with a call to adventure. Someone said, hey, come on, there's a, there, there's a greater thing waiting on us. And here's the thing, is, is when we hear the words, come sail away, we can hear that as, as you know, we can hear that ourselves, as, as, as Jesus calling us to come sail away. Come and, and we need to remember that, 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 that he is calling us on an adventure, right? He is calling us to something epic, to something amazing, you know, if we don't, if we don't see it that way, we can slowly begin to just see it as, as we're marking time, you know, that we, we, we got our name on the list, and when all this is over, we get to go somewhere nice, and that's, that's not, so this just becomes a waiting room. It's no longer about, about, about what we're doing here. It's not, no longer about the movement that, that God has, has, has started, the things that he is doing in this world, the things he's up to. It's not about us joining him in, in the, the amazing work that he's doing in this world and the things that he is doing uh, throughout, he's d- been doing throughout time. It becomes just us waiting for something. But when we hear the call to adventure, when we ca- hear that call, then it becomes something else. And you can hear that even in the very last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples. Is, we call this the Great Commission. And he said, he said therefore, go. Go. <laughs> go. Go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. To go. It's, it's, it's a call to step out. It's a call to move. To follow Jesus is to step out into the unknown. It's, it's to take that next step. And if we're not careful, we'll get stagnant. If we're not careful, we'll just take it at, at, you know, at face value. And we'll forget that, that excitement that we once had, that fire that we once had to go and to chase after the amazing dream that God has for us. And so, yes, we can hear, come sail away. We can hear, hear Jesus say, let's, let's go on an adventure together. And we hear that. But it can also be, uh, it can also be not just something we hear, but it can be something we speak to other people. Right. Come sail away. In fact, this is the way Jesus said, his, his, that was his last words to his disciples. We just thought about it. These were his first words to his disciples. He said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And what did he mean by that? They were fishermen. He wasn't saying, hey, we're going to go fishermen. We're like cannibals or something weird now, okay? All right? That was, that was a joke, guys. Um, 
That was what he was saying. He was saying, he was saying, what, we're, we're going to reach people. We're going to change people's lives. You know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna bring people to this cause. Why? To reach more people. It, you know, he didn't say, come follow me, and we'll, we'll, go, we'll go sit in a room every Sunday morning. That's not what he said, right? He didn't say, come follow me, and I'll teach you how to, how to have great worship songs or how to, how to read the Bible right, even though those things are good, and we need those things. He says, come follow me, and I will, I will make you fishers of men. He wants us to reach people, right? Uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt Sanford, uh, if you're not coming to the, the Wednesday night uh, class on Wednesday night that Kurt teaches, you, you need to come check it out one Wednesday night. They had a great group here the other night. One of the things that you know, we have a little Bible study on Monday nights, too, uh, that, that Kurt's a part of. And if you'd like to be a part of that, let me know. Uh, it's a bunch of guys that get together on Monday nights and, and read the Bible. Um, but one of the things that Kurt has, has uh, I've heard him say several times now, is that, and, and, and this isn't maybe his exact wording, but this is the thing that he's been, uh, he's impressed upon me. And that is this, is that being a disciple is making disciples. That's what Jesus has called us to do, that we can't just say that, say that oh, I'm, I, I figured it out, I've got it, and that's good, but I've got to share it with somebody, right? I've got to tell somebody about it, and I've got to help them get where I am, and, and somebody else needs to help me get to where they're at, you know? And, and so we're all helping each other along, you know? We're all in this together, and we all need to be reaching somebody. And, you know, I used to be really intimidated by the idea of sharing my faith, of talking to people. I know in, in high school and, and in college, I was always really afraid to talk to people about my beliefs because, it, you know, I, I didn't want to, you know, I was always worried about what people would think or, or that, or, I, you know, I'd see other people that would, that would witness and, and share things with people. And I always feel like, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not the best Christian that needs to be sharing something. Or maybe, you know, there's other people that are more qualified. And, and then I'd see people that, you know, seem to really know the Bible back and forth and all this, and maybe that wasn't me then, and so I was really intimidated by it, because I didn't feel like I could live up to it, and I felt like if I was going to do that, I was going to have to be fake, that I was going to have to, you know, kind of pretend that I had it all together to, to share Jesus with somebody, and so it was really intimidating to me, but uh, something I, I, I learned, but it's something that was really worded really well, and I saw this uh, a tweet of all things from Kerry Newhoff. He said this is, uh, this week, he said, you can't reach a secular culture by being more secular. You can reach it by being more authentic. We, that's, that's what people are longing for, is authenticity. And you know, that, that idea is really freeing to me, is that we need to be more authentic with each other. We need to be more authentic with people. And you know, that was really freeing for me, that, that, that thought, kind of thinking along those lines, because... Because that's what people are hungry for. That's what people are wanting in, in a world that's so filtered, you know? In a world that so, can be so fake and so, you know, it, it can be so carefully, uh, you know, constructed that, that we just, that, that we're hungry for something real. We're hungry for something that really, really matters. And, you know, I, it, that was really freeing for me because I no longer had to see myself as, as I had to say, oh, look at me. I, I, I know everything, you know, but I could say, hey, I may not have everything figured out, but there are, there, there's this Jesus guy, and as I've been following him, some things have changed in my life, you know? There's, there's a lot of things I don't know. There are a lot of things I don't have figured out. There are a lot of things I don't have in line, but I could say, you know what? 
Jesus has done, Jesus has, 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 when I was at my lowest, Jesus, I know, he, he brought me out of that, that darkness. I know the times where I thought that there was no, no hope for my life, that there was no, there was no way that I was ever going to be anywhere that, that mattered of any kind of anything, that I felt like I was going to have anything in life that mattered, that Jesus brought me out of those times. I know that, that when I was sick, and I don't know if you know, know this, or I had arthritis about, about almost 15 years ago now. I had a really bad arthritis. And, uh, and you know, they said that it was going to be with me throughout my entire life. I, at that point, I couldn't, I, I had, couldn't uh, really even move my arms very well. I uh, couldn't straighten them out. I, I couldn't straighten them out. I couldn't run, couldn't jump without extreme pain. And uh, God healed me. I, I don't, I can't tell you I understand it. And be real honest, sometimes, you know, other people get up and, and say something about God healing them. And I'm like, did he? You know, there's still some, some kind of cynicism. I'm just being honest and real with you. There's still some kind of cynicism inside of me that says, did he? But in me, I know that God healed me. I know that God worked in me. And I know that I wouldn't be here today without the healing power of me. And so there's so many, so many times I look back at my life and I see those things. And, if, and it was so freeing to me to, to be able to look at it like that. Is that I don't, I don't have to pretend like I have everything together. But I can just tell people, you know, what I know. I can t- share people with the Jesus that I know because I know he's changed my life in such a great way that he has done so many things for me. And so I, I can share that with them. And that's free. And so we've got to reach people where they're at. But the problem is, is sometimes we don't understand where people are at. Sometimes we don't understand where people are at. I've got two kids, uh, third one on the way. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be a few more weeks before he's here. But... Uh, Maybe this afternoon. I don't know. <laughs> um, we've got we got a nine year old named Macy, and uh, we've got uh, a two year old named Clark. And uh, sometimes Clark Clark's at that, that age where he just jibber jabbers and he says some things. There's some words he knows, and every now and then he's saying something, and I'm just like, ah, you know, what, I don't know what he's saying. I can't figure it out. He's saying some word over and over and over and over. And he wants something. He's trying to explain, say something to me, get something, and I can't figure it out. And then Macy will chime in and say, Hey, he's saying this. And I was like, that's exactly what he's saying. How, how did I not hear that? And I, I, and somehow Macy understands him. And, uh, and I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just I'm a bad dad. <laughs> or maybe, maybe it's that she spends more time with him. Maybe it's that she, 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 uh, she's closer to him in you know, in that age, that group, she, she has her heart already set. Kind of, and maybe, maybe she's just listening more intently than I am. And so that's the thing is, is to understand this culture, understand the people around us. It takes time. It takes, it takes building good relationships with people. We live in a different uh, day and age, but you know what? We've got to do what Paul said. And Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians, uh, I don't think I have this on the screen, Tommy, so don't try to go there. Uh, but he said, to the weak I became weak, to, to, that I might win the weak. He said, you know, I've, I've become all things to all people that I might win some, that somebody might know. I've, 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 become, every, I've become all things to all people. I've done anything I can to reach somebody with what, what Jesus has done in my life. And so the world's changing. Do you know that? The world's changing and that doesn't mean the truth changes. That doesn't mean the gospel changes. But that means the way we share the gospel has to change. And not just from up here, but when we go out into the world and the way we talk to people 
And the way we interact with people has to change. There's an article I found, and it's on a blog that is very, usually for just pastors, but I was reading through this, and I just thought, man, this is something that I think every Christian could read. And so I, I linked it there on the sermon notes on, on the Connect page. If you go there, you can see it. It just says, uh, do you understand the world, way the world is changing? If you'll click that link, don't read it right now, please. But you can go back and read it sometime this week. And it just, it's just an eye-opening, just kind of reminders about some things, about the way the world is changing. And not just that, but the things we can do to, talk, to, to change the way we're talking and to, to understand where people are coming from, okay? Because the world is changing. You know, uh, 2,000 years ago when Jesus and the apostles and, and Paul, and when they were on the scene, and they were sharing the good news. The, the, the people in that day and age, they were fearful of the gods. You know, the gods were going to smite them. You know, that, that they were going to do the wrong thing and that, that Zeus was going to, you know, zap them or, or ruin their crops or whatever. And so they were living in constant fear of the gods. And so, so this good news is coming that, that Jesus, that, that God loved us so much that he gave his only son. That God's not angry that God loves us, that he cares about us. That was good news. And that's not necessarily where people are today, right? <laughs> not, not fearful of God, the, the God smiting them. That's not where people are. So we have to change the way we're talking about and sharing the good news. Not that the good news changes. Even 50 years ago, people's opinion about church and the amount of people that that, that even grew up going to church and the people that had a favorable opinion of the church was completely different 50 years ago or so, right? And so we've got to do things differently because there are people that, that, that don't understand us, that aren't as, as open to hearing about Jesus. There's got to be some things that change. And, and a big part of that is being real, is being authentic. It's just, it's just telling people what's going on in your life and sharing that. It's loving people. It's sharing Jesus with people, sharing the, the truths that he gives, and not making it worse for whoever else. If maybe you can't reach whoever it is you're talking to, but maybe you can share a little bit with them and somebody else come on. But let's not make it harder for somebody else, right? Let's not make it harder for somebody else by doing something that messes it up, because that's what's happened too many times, okay? I'm only going to tell one more story about my kids today, okay? Um, they say that when you have kids, you, you start preaching about your kids all the time, and maybe it's true, I don't know. We bought a new house in the middle of a pandemic for some reason. And uh, in our house, we've done, it's an old house. It was built in 1950. We bought it. We're going to remodel it. And we haven't done hardly anything. Uh, Mike Vernon was there for a few hours yesterday, changing out some plugs for us. And that was great. But man, we, we are, we're trying to get it done. And, uh, but in our house, there is one picture that is actually hanging on a wall. And uh, it's a picture that my friend Justin uh, uh, took at Disney World. We, we go to Disney World a, a little bit, our family does, and, uh, and we weren't able to go here recently, and Justin went last Christmas, and he took a picture of the castle, and he you know, gave it to us, you know, I guess as a reminder of our home place, you know, and we, hang, we hung it there on the wall, and Clark, two-year-old, he's learned that, you know, we'll say, there's the castle, and so he'll say, castle, you know, and he knows what a castle looks like, he sees one on television, he'll say, castle, castle. The other day, and he's done this several times now, we were riding down the road, and there's this one place we stop in particular every day, and it's right next to a church. There's a big church, and it's not about the, that particular church. He looks over that church, and he'll say, castle. <laughs> you know? He'll say, oh, it's a church. And it's kind of, I went and laughed at it, but I thought, you know what, it's not about that church in particular, or any church in particular, because it doesn't really matter what a building looks like on the outside, because the church, remember, isn't a building. 
It's us. We're the church. And so it's not about the building. But how many people look at the church today and see a castle, see a fortress, see, a, see, see this, this, this impenetrable thing, you know, that's separated from the rest of the world? And that's part of why we do th- we're doing things different here in this location. You know, we're doing things different because we don't want it to be a castle. We don't, and our building should not be a fortress for the faithful few, okay? It should be a home for the weary. It should be a hospital for the broken. It should be a beacon for those that are lost, and it should be a a launch pad for life's greatest adventure. That's what a church building should be. And so if that's what a church building should be, you think that's, am I right? Is that what we think this building should be? All right, then if that's what it should be, that means we've got to change, too. We've got to be different, right? We've got to be, we've got to make it that. The way we do that is we must be the family, the family that the weary need to make this place a home. We've got to be the family they need. We've, we've got to be the caretakers that take care of the broken and understand that there's a lot of people out there who are hurt and need the hope that we found. And some people have been hurt by the church. You know, some people have been hurt by, and we've got to help people deal with that and find Jesus, right? We've got to help them, help them get through that. And we've got to be the torchbearers. We've got to be those that, are, that when people are lost, they see the light that is gleaming, that is still in, in our lives. Even when we don't feel like it, even when we don't feel like the light is quite there, we need to hold up whatever we've got and let it shine, right? This little light of mine and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, and we must be the guideposts, the guideposts to show people the way. We may not always know the, the course, the whole journey, but we know that we can help them find maybe the next step. You know, I think I always looked at, think about that guidepost thing. I always looked at, you know, witnessing and evangelizing that, that it was, you know, standing up on a box somewhere with a bullhorn and, and yelling at people, you know. And uh, I think sometimes it looks a little less like that and more like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay? Who understands who Obi-Wan Kenobi is? Just so I know. Okay. Star Wars, guys. Um, The original Star Wars movies wouldn't have happened without Obi-Wan Kenobi because there's Luke Skywalker, right? He's the hero. And I think that's sometimes how we see ourselves. We're the hero. We're going to go save the day. We're going to go fight the bad guys and all that. But a lot of times, more more often, I think, we're Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi was the old old wizard that lived in the desert. And and Luke met Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, and Obi-Wan was able to say, hey, Luke, your life, everything that you've, you thought was going on in your life, that, that's all a lie. You know, at the, the, there's a destiny that awaits you. There's a great adventure out there for you. There's something bigger. And that's, I think that's more what we should be sometimes, <laughs> is we should be speaking into people's lives, hey, there is a greater, there's a greater thing waiting for you out there. The, 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 the life that you've been told that you have that's, that's just a facade. There's, there is something deeper. There is something more meaningful. There is something that, that, are, that, that inside you that you're longing for. And I can tell you where it is. It can be found in Jesus. And that, that's what I think we should, we should do. And what we shouldn't do is there's some lies, I think, that t- keep us from doing that. And I think we shouldn't tell these lies to ourselves. So I got about, about five little lies that I think we tell ourselves to keep ourselves from sharing Jesus with people, okay? And I think the very first one is, it's not really my thing. It's not really my thing. You know, other people are, 
better at that kind of thing, so I'll let them do their thing, and I do my thing, right? But here's the thing, is that Jesus has called us all to be disciples. Like I said earlier, remember, being a disciple means making disciples. And maybe you can't get up like a Billy Graham or somebody and preach to thousands of people and see thousands of people come to know Jesus, but you can reach that one person at your office that's, that's having trouble, right? You can reach that one person that's, that you know that, you, that you've, you've known since high school that, that's been struggling, that needs something to, to, to carry them through this life. You can reach that one person, right, that's in your school that, that you had a couple of conversations with and you know, you know that they, they need that hope and that joy and that peace that, that even when everything falls apart in our lives, that we still have that, we take that for granted, but there are people in our lives that need that. And uh, we've got to be able to do that. So we've got to remember that being a disciple means making disciples. And I think the second lie that we tell, we, we don't need to tell, is I don't know anyone that needs Jesus. That my circle doesn't have anybody in it that needs what I'm selling. Here's the thing. If your life doesn't intersect with people who need Jesus, you probably need to shift the way you live. We've got to be able, if we don't have time, that's, that's the big thing, I think. If we don't have time, make time for people in our lives that, that, need, that need us, that need that hope and that joy and that peace. If we don't make time for them, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard to, uh, to talk to somebody about Jesus if, if they don't think that you care about them. And it's really hard for, that, for them to, to think that you care about them if, if they don't think you understand them. And it's really hard for them to think they, they understand you if you haven't spent time with them. And so we've got to make time for people that, that may live differently than us. You know, that, that's, we need to do that. I think the third, third lie we tell is, I don't have anything worth sharing. I don't have anything worth telling anybody. And you know what? That's, 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 I think that's a really prevalent one because we think like, oh, there's so many people that know so much more. Let me tell you what, if you only know this much about Jesus, if you only know this much, share this much Jesus with everybody you possibly can, right? You've got this much to share. That's great. And then maybe, maybe on that, you can share more and more and more. But whatever you've got, wherever you are in your walk with God, and all our, our walks look different. All our journeys to, to, to Christ and, and with Christ are going to look different. But, but wherever you are, you've got something to share with somebody, okay? So don't believe that lie. The fourth lie is, but what if, and we fill in the blank. I mean, there's all kinds of, but what if I say something stupid, right? What if I, uh, what if I tick somebody off? What if? What if they judge me? What if, what if they think I'm judging them? You know, and then we do all that. But here's the thing is, is, is we must do our part, right? And do it in the best way we possibly can. And we got to trust God to do his part. Okay? We got to just do what we know to do. And, and even in Luke chapter 12, uh, it, Jesus promises that, that the Holy Spirit is going to help us and give us the words to say when we talk to people. He's, he's going to be there with us. We just got to open our mouth up and begin the conversation, right? We just got to be daring enough to make just that one little, and often, you know what? I found that people want to talk about these things. If they think you care about them, and they think you love them, and they think it's a safe place to talk about it, they, they're open to talking about it. You just, you just got to make the effort, just, just the littlest bitty effort to open up that door, and they're through it because they're longing for something. They're longing for something. And the fifth lie I think we tell, and this is 
maybe the worst of all, and it's the easiest one to tell because it's in the moment. But maybe this isn't the best time. You know, maybe a better time will come along. You know, we got to use every moment we're given. And I don't know, I think you got you to be careful. you gotta, you got to you know, read, the, read the room kind of thing and know when it's a bad time and a good time and all that kind of thing. But to put it off is always dangerous. And so I think we should always, if we're going to, you know, be cautious, let's be cautious on the side of showing Jesus to somebody, right? And I'm going to actually, I don't have an answer to this up here on the screen, but I was going to let this quote from Penn Jillette kind of answer that question. Penn Jillette, if you know Penn and Teller, the magicians, have you ever seen them? Penn is a bigger guy. They're, they're, they're both atheists. And, uh, but this is what Penn said. He had a, a, um, a magic show once when he was doing magic, and somebody came up and handed him a Bible afterwards. And, and he, he was asked, you know, well, did that offend you? Did you get, you know, well, did, that, did that kind of stuff tick you off? And he, this is what his response was. He said, I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. And that just means to convert people, you know, to convert people over to their religion. He said, I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and a hell, and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life, and you think that it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward, how much do you have to hate somebody to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I'm going to let the atheist preach this morning. Get on all our toes. If that's what we believe then why aren't we sharing it? Why aren't we telling people about it? Why is it not worth sharing? This is our moment. This is our chance right now. Reminds me of the story of Esther. If you don't know the story of Esther in the, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, please go check that out. It's one of the, I mean, I just think it's a great story. It's a great, just a beautiful story that's told there in, in Esther. But um, basically, to tell you really quick, Esther was in a position. She was, she was married to the king, and she was, she was the queen, and so she was, and she had that opportunity to talk to the king. And the, her people, the, the Jewish people, were being oppressed and being threatened. Their, their lives were being threatened. And she had the opportunity to step up and to save some people, to speak up. And it could have meant her head. It could have meant that. It could have meant that she was done. But she, but she had a choice to make. Was it going to be her life or the lives of everybody else? And so this is what her uncle Mordecai told her. He said, he said if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. Some, God's going to help us out. God's going to figure it out. God's going to take care of us. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Who knows? Who knows whether you've been put at the job that you, I can't figure out why you have this job. <laughs> I hate that job, but Maybe you've, you're in that job because there's somebody that needs you. Maybe there's somebody that needs the Jesus that you have. Maybe you see, maybe, maybe it's the opposite end of the spectrum. Maybe your job is just it's amazing. Everything's great. And, you, and maybe you just think, oh, it's awesome the way God's blessed me. But maybe God has blessed you. I definitely think he has. In order for you to share Jesus with somebody else. Maybe there's somebody in your life and, and you can't, they, they, maybe they annoy you or you can't, you just, maybe they're just great on your nerves. Like, why do I, why does this person keep popping up in my life? Maybe because you are the person that Jesus wants to use to reach them. Maybe, perhaps, for such a time as this, maybe right, this is why. 
This is why you, you were alive. It's to, to reach somebody, right? And, and he wants to use us. That's, that, I think that's a beautiful thing is that, that we're God's plan to reach this world. You know, he could, he could send angels out of the sky and just boom, pop up in everybody's bedroom in the middle of the night and scare the crap out of them and, and you know. But instead, instead, he uses us. And that we shouldn't take that lightly. He wants to use us, okay? And this is what Jesus said in John chapter 9. This is where I want to wrap up. Is we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. We don't know. We don't know how much time we got left. We, so we can't put it off. We can't say maybe tomorrow or maybe next week or maybe when things are different. The task we've been given is urgent. It's time sensitive, okay? We've got something to do and we've got to get busy about it, okay? Rich Mullins, uh, I, I, he's a, a famous Christian songwriter. Uh, he said this, he said, I am a Christian. Not because someone explained the nuts and bolts of Christianity to me. And that's what we're trying to do with this sermon series is explain some nuts and bolts. And so I thought that was, that was good. But he, he says, I was not a Christian because someone explained the nuts and bolts of Christianity to me. But because there were people who were willing to be nuts and bolts. Who through their explanation of it, held it together so that I could experience it and be compelled by it to obey. And I think... If you look at your life, if you're a Christian and you're following Jesus, if you look at your life, you can probably see the people, the people that led you to where you're at, the people that poured into you, the people that prayed for you, the people that, that cared about you. You see that. You see the people in your life that, that have, have been there for you, that, that, that you needed. And now it's time to, to turn around and be the same thing to other people. That's, that's what reaches people, not just saying something's true but also living, living it out for people. So we've got to do that. We've got to be those nuts and bolts for people and help connect that. So I want you to think about that for just a second. Who is the person in your life, who's that person that needs Jesus, that needs that hope and that peace and that joy that we take for granted, that Jesus has given us, that when our lives are falling apart, that we know we have something to trust. You know, and that's, that's where I've been for so long. It's just that, you know, I, I always have it all figured out. I don't always know exactly, ex understand everything or be able to explain everything. But I know that even when things fall apart, I don't have to understand everything. So I, have, I can put my trust in Jesus. And I know that that's gotten me so much further than trying to figure it out myself ever could have. And so we've got to share that. We can't keep that to ourselves. It's about sharing it with somebody. Who's that person for you? Who's that person in your life? Who's that person you need to reach out to this week? Who is it? Who is it? I dare you to make that, that connection this week. Don't. Somebody's thinking, okay, I've got that person, but, but I, I think about it now. But later on this week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to completely just, you know, put, make up excuses. Who's that person that you need to reach? Who's that person you need to tell about? Because God's done something amazing in your life. Has he? Has God done something amazing in your life? If he has, tell somebody about it. If he has, share it with someone. 
You've got a story that's worth sharing. In this room, we have a hundred and something different stories about how God has worked and changed lives and, and blessed us. And we can use those stories to share that with other people and make sure that we're not just hoarding it to ourselves, but that God is using it. So let's do that this week, okay?